Thank you for tuning in to Comic Comic. I'm Brian Coppin. We're with Comic Alexa Jags. Alexa Jags, how the hell are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much. It sounds like you're recording in a cave. Oh, no. Well, now you sound perfect. You just came out of the cave. Welcome back. That is because I set my laptop on a very fluffy blanket. So. Oh, oh, cool. Well, fluffy blanket. We love flump here at Coppin with Comic. We love fluffy blankets. Uh, but we also love Alexa Jags. We follow her everywhere. She is Alexa Jags on, well, at least on Instagram, but also on Twitter. And on Twitter, it says Alexa Stallion of the Cimarron. What the hell is that? Oh, <laughs> there's this DreamWorks movie from like, the 2000s when I was a child called Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron and it's about a horse and it's it's an incredible film and every time every couple every once in a while I remember it exists and I'm like why are we not constantly talking about it particularly the soundtrack is just incredible oh it's, like, it's like Hans Zimmer and like yes um, is it Brian Adams I don't know but it's like incredible it's so good and um, so I made my Twitter name Alexa Stallion of the Cimarron to help me remember the importance of that movie. <laughs> I, love it. I feel that way about the soundtrack, alas, the Mohicans, but yeah, Hans Zimmer. Oh, yeah. Played. Oh, my gosh. I mean, so that's a young adult novel. Are you into Maggie and Laura? I think they cover uh, they cover young adult. Um, they have a podcast that covers young adult. They kind of revisit young adult fiction. Are you into uh, Chicago comedians, Maggie and Laura's podcast yet? I have heard of the podcast. I yes. have not listened to it. Wow. Uh, partially because I don't read books. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to the soundtrack. Well, no, it's a movie. Yeah, well, also it was never a book. You're just saying it was kind of a, a, a movie you enjoyed back in the day. Yeah, it was a movie <laughs> from my childhood. Dude, sweet. I love Parent Trap too. That was my jam. But okay, it also says on your Twitter, it says just a lizard girl and a horse girl world. And so I need you quickly to explain the difference between lizard girls and horse girls, because I think there's been a line of comedy about horse girls. And I want to know if that's accurate, but also how does it compare and contrast with lizard girl? Because I think you are a lizard girl, are you not? I am a lizard girl. And I think <laughs> I am. Well, I think horse girls, everyone knows knows what a horse girl is, but I'm I'm a lizard girl. And so I like I like to put that <laughs> I like that to be my brand. Uh, I grew up with reptiles as pets um at home. Like my family always had like lizards and like snakes and stuff. Um I have a pet gecko now. Uh yeah, I'm just I, I like a lizard. Um my my dad always called me lizard growing up. That was like his nickname for us or for me. Um, actually, my dad had this whole scheme where he would call me a lizard and my sister a snake and him a crocodile. And then he called my mom a goat oh, just, well. to make, just to make her feel excluded. Oh, um, I mean, but goat now has really, I mean, it's greatest of all time right now. Yeah, but this is before that. He just, like, <laughs> wanted her to be the only mammal in oh, the family. No. Luckily for my mom, she's gotten a full rebrand and that's great for her. Um, <laughs> but is there something about like our lizard cold blood, cold blooded or something like why? I mean, do you, are you like a lizard or, I mean, is, is there something about lizard girls where they just are kind of a certain way where lizards really have I don't to be know their favorite if there pet? are stereotypes about a lizard girl. I, I don't know enough. Um, <laughs> but I, they're great pets. They're like okay. super low maintenance and they're chill and they're cute. And, you know, they're wonderful. I guess it's like, 
I feel like the people I know who are into like lizards, they're like a little spooky, but they're not like they're not like spooky, you know, like they, they genuinely, it's like they have the same like cuddly warm love that you would have for like a puppy, but it's for a lizard. So they're just like a little, a little offbeat. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like that. And so, I mean, does that also kind of reflect, you know, like one of the, I have the comedian supply topics and I love it because then I get to pick the ones, you know, kind of pick and choose what I want to talk about. But one of yours was making fun of men. And so I want to know, like, do you happen to get along with chill men? Like, you know, whether it's friends or significant others, I don't know what you're into, but, um, you know, as far as, you know, who you get along with, whether, I mean, you know, you know, a bad transition into making fun of men is whether or not you get along with men who are chill like lizards are. Like lizards. I think I only get along with men who are chill like lizards are. I really need, I need men to be very low maintenance. Okay. And just just kind of chill. They only need to be fed every couple days. <laughs> so they how do you... Corner, they stay in their career. <laughs> I just need a man who's staying out of my space. I need a lizard to sit on a hot rock somewhere and just shut the fuck up. Exactly. And so, yeah. And so how do you, you know, why, why do you list making fun of men? Is it something you do in your act and why is it such an area right for comedy? Yeah. It's something I do a lot in my act. I don't, I don't hate men. I have a lot of male friends. I, I do date men and I do think men are wonderful. Um, it's just something I've realized as I started to do comedy, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I am one of those female comics who is constantly making fun of men in her act. <laughs> That is, that is something I do. And um, so I think it's, it's like, I, I'm someone who like, I, I like to like see connections and make comparisons. And I have, like I said, a lot of male friends and a lot of female friends and I see the differences there. And a lot of people come from a place of love. Um, I'm someone who uses uh, bullying as a love language, you know, like. <laughs> bullying is my love language. Exactly. So it's like sometimes I see some like areas for improvement in the men in my life. And I'm like, you know, I think bullying is the way to get through to them. So, <laughs> so what are some of those areas, you know, without burning your comedy material, what are some areas, some general areas of improvement that you're observing in men that you date or are friends with? Well, mostly it's emotional incompetence. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's like... To be like serious, it's like a, it's like a cultural thing we have where from childhood, women are usually conditioned to do more of like the emotional labor and the emotional work in society than men are. I mean, there's a reason that nurses are usually men or nurses are usually women. And uh, it's like we outsource compassion to women um, <laughs> in most industries. And a lot of that is just because men are made to do it and so they don't know how um it's not their fault but it is their responsibility so like um go to therapy i mean uh, so i mean are they not emotional or are they just shitty about communicating their emotion i think a lot of they see that's the thing is i think a lot of people like to rip on men for not communicating well which don't get me wrong i love to rip on men for not communicating. <laughs> but uh from my experience with my like close male friends i think like that you don't know how to communicate you like genuinely don't have the skills to like reflect or like know how you feel. And I think a lot of it is because they're like raised, told that their feelings don't matter and their feelings are stupid and not to explore it. I mean, again, it's like the patriarchy is bad for men. There's a reason they're all mentally ill. It's because we tell them they can't feel their feelings. Anyway, I think all men need to go to therapy and 
most of my material is ripping on men about stuff related to that. Well, I love it. So, I mean, have you encouraged Matt? I mean, is there kind of story, you know, comedy stories, you know, that are made between your act that are about encouraging people you've dated or have been friends with to kind of go to therapy? And did that really happen in real life? Have you encouraged people to go to therapy, like point blank to their face? Yo, bro, you suck at this. You need therapy. Okay. I have 110% made multiple uh, men in my life go to therapy. Really? Um, so you, yeah, you told them to, and they did. Yeah, it takes a while. <laughs> but it, no, I'm like, I mean, I'm getting over involved. Like, I'm I'm sending them a link to a therapist. Like, <laughs> is it I, your th- is it your therapist? Yeah, one of my friends sees the same therapist as me. We're like therapy brothers. And oh, then whenever, that's cool. And it's so great because now whenever we get together and talk, we're like blah blah blah. And I was talking to Dan the man. Oh, love it. And so, kind of, what are the areas that men? Okay. So, so men have been taught to push down the feelings and stuff. And as a result, they can't analyze it and identify what the fuck it is. I mean, they can communicate just fine, but because they've never dealt with their emotions, they don't know. Like, am I sad? Am I in pain? Am I re- being resentful or whatever? And so like, and as far feel, as like ashamed of it and yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, like you, you're able to see this and your therapist is. And so what emotions are you seeing that men are having the most difficulty kind of pinpointing? Cause you're probably able to pinpoint it, right? Like they, if they're able to communicate with you, um, you know, are you able to pinpoint it even if they can't? I mean, yeah, sometimes I feel like it's very common. Like, uh, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this. It's like men won't talk to each other about their feelings and then they'll get like a long-term girlfriend. Yeah. And the long-term girlfriend then becomes their therapist <laughs> and their mother yeah. and their everything. Yeah. Uh, so mostly it's not even, I'm not trying to fix or address people's feelings. I'm mostly like, look, learn how to manage your shit or you're going to be undateable. Yeah. Like, so I love it's... you, man. No <laughs> one wants to be your fucking mom. Uh, it's so, but, but the problem is, I mean, some comedians, you know, I mean, I think what's her name? Nikki Glazer might've had a joke about this or, another prominent comedian it was more like yo dude like i fixed this guy and now he's dateable like so i mean is some of this a function of age where you're like you know you're a young person and so like you're fixing all these young people but by the time they're you know 30 35 they're going to be perfectly fine and able to pinpoint and communicate and deal with emotions like are you just fixing these guys for their next uh friends or lovers I mean, I guess, but I, my thing is I'm not trying to fix men anymore. That was, that was an early in my twenties thing. (laughs) Now I'm trying to bully them to fix themselves. I that's, that's it. I'm like, I'm like, I need to not really be a part of this. That's why I bully them to go to therapy. Good. And so you're, you're like, um, so back in the day, you'd be like, I'm going to fix you so that you'll be a better partner for me. But now you're like, dude, you're undateable. So go fix yourself. I'm just doing this as a kindness yeah, so that you're not undateable. Back in the day, a guy says something to you and you're like, hmm, well, do you think that maybe that's like anxiety and whatever? Can we talk <laughs> about that? And like, whatever. And now I am, I do not do that. I am really trying not to do the therapist thing. Now I just bully. I just uh, bully and I just go, bruh. That's fucking anxiety. You know, therapy could probably help with that. And then I like walk away. So that's kind of, that's kind of a form of therapy though, because, you know, you're bullying them into getting better. It's just another therapist could be helping them. And so my question is, is your day job therapy or should you be a therapist? <laughs> no, um, I, I have like a dumb corporate day job. It's funny you say that though, because actually my mom 
never stops bringing this up. This is like so cringe. It's like one of the like mom stories that she'll never let go of. My third grade teacher said I should be a therapist. And every time my mom does anything, she goes, oh, well, you know, Mrs. K always said you'd be a great therapist. But in third grade, what the fuck were you doing in third grade? Like bullying people into therapy at third grade? You know, you guys are, uh, you guys are recessed, pushing each other down. Like, bro, that's just your anxiety talking. I was like, where's this anger coming from? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like this episode has shown that, uh, that like lizard people are therapists right like so do you think like most of the therapists that you've encountered have that same kind of like sure they're cuddly but in a weird distant way like they're gonna they're gonna kind of solve your problem but they're all they're also gonna charge you for it and not really become too emotionally invested do you think therapists are lizard people i i love that comparison <laughs> i don't know but i love that but it's also hard because when you say lizard people it starts to sound like you're talking about the illuminati yes well that's um, the next step right once we establish that therapists are right it's like the illuminati there you go it's therapists are the illuminati's like undercover agents yeah trying to figure out how we're vibing <laughs> but i love it because we learn too that it starts early like like if you're a third grade teacher can can pinpoint you as a therapist i mean like but i are, also am not a therapist i want to like you you should be i mean you're, you're illuminati is what we're saying i mean <laughs> now i have to kill you <laughs> <laughs> well we, we follow her everywhere we're going to find out whether or not she kills me alexa jags is on twitter and instagram as alexa jags but uh she also has link tree and you're doing stuff on tiktok are you doing uh, the, the bullying on tiktok as well and are you being banned for it uh, I do. I have. I've never been banned from TikTok. I've had the audio taken off of videos a couple times. <laughs> they can do that. Yeah, but then you can appeal it, and sometimes it'll come back. And usually, it is when I'm making fun of men. But I haven't been making fun of men on TikTok quite as much. Do they keep up the subtitles, or do they strip that out? So you're just saying for videos that didn't have subtitles, they will take off the audio. Well, they'll take off the audio because they'll say it violates community guidelines. But then you can appeal it, and put it back. But if, is there subtitles in those videos, or no? Like, do you caption your videos or no? I do now. I don't know if I did at the time that the audio was... Yeah, it'd be interesting. Like, they're so dumb. They're like, well, we made the audio, but you kept the subtitles up, you idiots. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, pretty, I'm sure they do. I mean, they can't remove the subtitles. But it's also just like, by removing the audio, you re reduce the viewership. Yeah. No one wants to watch a silent TikTok. That's not the fun. Dude, yeah, you have to hear Alexa Jags bullying in real time. Alexa Jags, Stallion of the Cimarron, and, mm -hmm. and Illu Illuminati and future therapist, right? <laughs> She's a sure. lizard girl in a horse, a horse girl world. Alexa Jags, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me.